0: Could Alex Verdugo really be on the move? All cards are really on the table as we get closer and closer to today's MLB trade deadline and the Red Sox move closer to making decisions on the roster. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Red Sox, your daily podcast on all things Boston Red Sox. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbutt, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. Here to bring you the latest in Boston Red Sox Monday through Friday. Thanks for making Locked on Red Sox. Your first listen of every day. Let's go, Red Sox. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Happy trade deadline day. We made it. The chaos is really just beginning. I expect so many more moves to go down today. It's already been exciting as a lot of teams have made moves already, but I'm going to be discussing a player who potentially could be on the move now after some recent reports. I'm going to be making a little bit of sense as to why that player may or may not be moved and going to be discussing some of Heim Bloom's most notable trade deadline acquisitions in the time that he has been with the boston red sox why it worked out and what the best um you know players are that he's brought in here and i'm also going to be talking about a red sox prospect who is pretty notable because he was brought in in a trade for a recognizable player who was shipped off from the Boston Red Sox a couple of years ago. So welcome to another episode of Lockdown Red Sox. I am so excited to talk trade deadline with everybody. This is truly the best time of the year to be a baseball fan. So much is going on, so many teams making moves. It really, really is super exciting and I'm excited to really just be a part of it because it's going to be a lot of fun to see what goes down. But one of the biggest Red Sox conversations to have right now and one of the things that's really circling around social media right now is the possibility of the Red Sox trading Alex Verdugo. The news came out recently that the Red Sox will listen to trade offers on Verdugo. You never know what Heim Bloom's going to do, right? I mean, he really plays likes to play chess when a lot of other players are playing checkers. Um, in this scenario. And he is the type of guy that really, really waits it out, waits till the tail end of the deadline, typically, to make the moves he's going to make. I really could see him taking time with the Verdugo situation. And, um, you know, it might be the wee hours leading up to the deadline today when we hear of his fate with the team. I think it's really a matter of, yes, they'll listen to offers, but that doesn't mean mean to me that he's going to be moved. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with seeing what teams are willing to offer, what kind of package you could get for him. Um, But I don't think it means the Red Sox are super serious about moving him. I think they'd have to get a really, really good offer, similar to the James Paxton situation when they said, hey, you know, we would have to be blown away by a team's offer in order to move paxton so i'm not overly sold that they will actually move him i don't think it you know makes sense to move him obviously he's been slumping um you know recently with the red sox he had a great first half but then really in july he's had a pretty rough month in his first 63 plate appearances in july he batted 127 with a 222 on base percentage um which is very very discouraging as a fan to see I get it I feel the exact same way um but What you have to remember is even though he's struggling, he's still been so important to this Red Sox team in the time that he's been here, and I believe he still is important to the Red Sox long-term goals because of the overall impact he's made on the team, offensively and defensively, because he's made some really nice plays in the outfield this year, and that hasn't really changed. He just seems to have lost his identity at the plate, and I believe that that's fixable. I think this is a slump that he's in more than anything, and I think it's something he's going to figure out. So I don't want fans to take this small sample size of the month of July that he's having and use it to judge whether he's going to be impactful moving forward with the Red Sox, because I really still see him as an important piece. And I don't want the Red Sox to jump the gun on moving him unless they feel like they get a really, really good offer that they can't refuse for him. Um, you know, it comes down to, do they move him or Adam Duvall? I think still, even though Duvall has been, um, you know, very good, I think it makes more sense still, if they were going to move an outfielder to move him, because I think down, you know, down the road in the longer term, Verdugo makes more sense for the future of the team. But if I had my choice, I would keep both. I think, you know, Duvall's had a really good season offensively with the Red Sox. And he also brings balance to the outfield. He's a right-handed hitter. They're a very lefty, heavy outfield right now. Um, So he brings some balance in that way and just makes the offense better because when he's, you know, at the plate, he's hitting well. So it's another weapon the Red Sox have offensively. Um, So, you know, ideally in the perfect world for me, the Red Sox would keep both Verdugo and Duvall at this point. I think the reason the Red Sox are saying they're open to offers for Verdugo is because of that recent struggle and the fact that, you know, hey, he might be struggling right now, but his value is still very, very high based on his overall performance he's been having. So I think that they um, you know, could move him later on today. I'm not Fully convinced that it'll happen because I think the package that they would get in return would have to be very, very good. And they'd have to see it as, um, you know, the type of situation where a team is including multiple players that could be good for the Red Sox longer term. Because again, the Red Sox are very much still approaching this deadline with the mindset of we don't want to acquire players that we don't feel are going to work into our system longer term so if they trade for somebody it has to be somebody that they feel like fits in now but also could be an asset to the future of the team so trading verdugo would really come with okay what package is a team going to offer us what players is a team going to give us are these players the types of players that we could see fitting into our organization long term and if the answer to that question is no, then I don't think they trade him. And that's why I'm still leaning towards, no, he's not going to end up being moved. Again, anything could happen. I think there's still a possibility that one of those two players that I named in Duval or Verdugo gets moved. But I truly think overall, they are both important to the Red Sox making a run this year. And I think Verdugo, again, as much as he is struggling, is important to what the Red Sox are trying to do long-term and the growth of the overall team. Um, So I think the fans who are saying that they'd want him to be moved, I really encourage you to think about just – overall what he's done for the Red Sox, as opposed to looking at this last month and the small sample size, because overall his time in Boston has been good and he has made an impact. So I'm hoping he breaks out of this slump soon. I did not expect it to take as long as it is, but I'm hoping that he can break out of it soon um, and that they do decide to keep him because I do think longer term, he makes sense to keep and is an important asset to the team. Coming up, I'm going to be going over some of the key um, trade deadline acquisitions that Haim Bloom has made since he's been here, just to refresh people on the types of moves that he has made um, and which ones worked out well and which ones didn't. So I'm going to be discussing that next. Game time is the place for you for last minute tickets. It is fantastic. I highly recommend it, especially if you're scrambling to find the best option or you know sometimes if you go on to look for tickets to something and the prices are really really expensive so you decide you want to wait to see if the price goes down and then it doesn't so you're stuck in a scramble because you still really want to go to you know the taylor swift concert or you want to go to the red sox yankees game and get really good seats but the tickets are insurmountably expensive that's where game time really really can help you out um Browse through the Game Time app and you'll see really all the options of what they offer. Um it's games, playoffs included, big time concerts for notable artists, you name it. You really, really can um just make the most of, of the app while you're on it because there's so many different events that you can get from it. So I highly recommend checking it out. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And sometimes they say guaranteed, and it's not actually guaranteed, but this time I promise you it is. They really will find you the best possible option when it comes to tickets. So definitely check it out because they will have your back. So Bloom, obviously, in the few years he's been here, has done a mix of buying and selling at the trade deadline. Sometimes we never really know what he's going to do, but I wanted to just refresh your memory on some of the key trade deadline acquisitions that he's made since he's been here, whether it's paid off or not. So Nick Pavetta, obviously, he was struggling when he first came to the Red Sox. As a starter, um, and ever since the Red Sox really found his niche, which is in the bullpen, he's been so good for the team. And he's just overall been a lot better of a reliever for the Red Sox than as a starter. Um, He has a 198 earned run average out of the bullpen, and opponents are batting just 198 against him, which is very, very good. Um, He's almost unhittable out of the pen. It's just a crazy 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 different player. So they traded um, Brandon Workman and Heath Hembry for him and then acquired Pavetta. And ever since then, it's really seeming like the Red Sox won that trade um, because Workman and Hembree were kind of on a downswing when they traded them to begin with. Um, And they brought in Pavetta And it really was seeming like he was going to continue to struggle, but especially now that they've really discovered that he's a better reliever than a starter. It it really shows me that the Red Sox were like, you know, paid dividends in that trade, because obviously the other part of that was they acquired Connor Siebold. That didn't work out as much, but to me it's worth it to have Pavetta on this pitching staff um, because he's just been nails out of the pen. So that's one of the most notable trade deadline acquisitions to me that Blue made. And when he made that trade, he was looking more into the long term. And he said, okay, I like what I've seen from Nick Pavetta, but I think he can make an impact on our organization, not just right now, but also down the road. So he did have that mindset when he made that trade. In a scenario where he had a different mindset was 2021 when he acquired kyle schwarber at the deadline obviously he made a huge impact and was a major factor in the red sox going to the alcs that year he hit 291 with a 435 on base percentage that year when he was with the red sox and he recorded seven home runs and 10 doubles in 41 games um so he was super good when he came to the red sox Didn't really need any time to adjust. He was injured when he got here, but then when he got healthy, he really, really helped with that run. So he was the type of player that I don't think the Red Sox really saw being a longer-term option on the team, but they were okay with that because they believed in what they had in 2021, and that team was performing past a lot of people's expectations, mine included, And they were looking for a piece that could really help solidify a team that had a shot in the postseason. And he really was able to help with that. So Schwerber was a fantastic addition at that deadline. They ended up giving up right-handed pitcher Aldo Ramirez who at the time was the number 13 prospect in the Red Sox system. So it was a little bit of a bummer that they let him go. But since then, he really hasn't pitched a lot. He's only pitched seven and two thirds innings in the Nationals minor league system. And that was back in 2021. And then he got injured and needed Tommy John surgery. And he's still rehabbing now. So the Red Sox, even though they had Kyle Schwarber for such a short amount of time, were still able to get more out of him than, um, the Nats minor league system has been able to get out of Ramirez, So that was a great trade for the Red Sox. Now looking back on it, and it was a different type of situation from the Pavetta situation because they were looking more at the right now, as opposed to the longer term option, because that team really, really had the potential and as a result went all the way to the ALCS. Another notable trade. um, Obviously this was hard for me and a lot of other Red Sox fans last year and really hit home was when they let Christian Vasquez go to the Astros. This kind of, you know, worked out well for Houston because they went and won the World Series with Christian Vasquez. Um, And it was a heartbreaker because he didn't expect to go, nor did he want to go. I don't think he loved playing in Boston and I don't think he really expected it. But at the end of the day, he understands it is a business. And when it came down to it, at the end of the day, the Red Sox had to do what they had to do and what they had to do at the time um, was to let him go. They were able to acquire Emmanuel Valdez and Willier Abreu in that trade, which were very good Astros prospects when they were brought over here. A lot of Astros fans that I was talking to said they felt like the Red Sox won the trade because... To them, Vasquez was a rental, but to us, these prospects could be a longer-term thing. We saw Valdez play a little bit this season, made a little bit of an impact when he was with the Red Sox. I enjoyed watching him play up in the majors, but it's still too small a sample size with them. It's hard to know how they're really going to pan out in the Red Sox system overall. We do need to see them play more before I can really say whether the Red Sox truly won that trade or not. Um, You know, the Astros accomplished what they wanted to do which was get a catcher who could really help solidify that postseason run, and they won the World Series last year. So it may end up being a situation where it works out for both teams if these two prospects pan out, but it's still too hard for me to say that they will or will not pan out. So again, the Red Sox last year really felt like you know they weren't as strong as they were in 2021, and I don't believe that they felt last year like they were a team that could truly compete um, as much. And they did a little bit of a mix of buying and selling. Um, But the Christian Vasquez thing was tough. And then as a result of that trade, they replaced Vasquez with Reese McGuire, who as a backup catcher has been pretty fine. I mean, he's batting 300 with a 344 on base percentage overall. Um, As the Red Sox backup catcher, that's over 76 games. Um, You know, Connor Wong has really, really taken up a lot of the workload this year, especially because Reese got injured and Wong's really panning out to be the starting catcher. But you do need a backup catcher regardless. And McGuire works just fine as a backup catcher. I mean, I personally don't love Reese McGuire, but I mean, he does the job and he's fine. Um, So they traded Jake Diekman for him, who, if you don't remember, really, really struggled in his time in Boston. So to me, I said, good riddance, like, please let the guy go. So it wasn't really working out here with Diekman. And they acquired somebody who, in my opinion, is a more valuable position, which is a backup catcher because you always need two on the roster. Um, so, you know, it was, it wasn't a decent trade. I mean, obviously like when they acquired Reese, they weren't trying to get an all-star caliber catcher. They just needed a backup and he did the job and he was fine. Um, so that was who came in ultimately to replace Christian Vasquez as the other catcher, um, on the Red Sox active roster. And then they also acquired Eric Hosmer and prospects Corey Rozier and Max Ferguson, that trade you know eric Hosmer was a rental it was written all over him because with casas and the way he was progressing they didn't need Hosmer longer term, but I think that's why they packaged in the prospects with it. They agreed to this trade because they wanted those two prospects, Rozier and Ferguson, who are both performing decently in the Red Sox minor league system right now, but obviously again, still too small a sample size to say how they'll pan out for sure. But I think Bloom liked the prospects in that trade more. And he agreed to take on Hosmer's contract as, you know, a rental um, and essentially got Hosmer for free because they, they didn't have to, to pay anything um you know San Diego agreed to pay the rest of his contract, which was pretty nice so it's like why not like why not take take on Eric Cosmer at that point So that's really just there wasn't really a bad that could come from that for the Red Sox so that was pretty good and then they also traded one of their top prospects, Jay Groom who's significantly struggling now has over an eight earned run average so he has not been able to figure things out and then they also acquired Tommy Pham and traded Nick Northcut. Pham was decent with the Red Sox. He did struggle a little bit, but um you know, it kind of made sense at the time um with where the outfield was at and they they really were able to acquire somebody who could help out with that. Um but 2022 was obviously a frustrating year for the Red Sox. 2023 has been much better. Um last year they were to me not really looking as much like a complete team at this point in the season and i'm more confident that they can make the playoffs now than i was last year um so those are some of the biggest you know trade acquisitions that they've bl- they've made during the bloom era i bring all this up because he will do a mix of you know trading for players that he think will work now and also focus on the longer term when it comes to this trade deadline likely he wants players who would make sense with the Red Sox down the road and not just right now. Um, So, you know, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping he gets in somebody, particularly a pitcher who can help really push, um, you know, that the team to make that playoff run and can really help be a boost to the pitching rotation, but that they can also bring back next year and feel confident about. So that's the type of player that I think the Red Sox are targeting, but a lot of these notable moves that they've made in the past um, really have gone both ways, investing in players who they think longer term are going to be part of the organization. And also, um, you know, getting players who right now can make an immediate impact. So we'll see what happens, but. Um, Coming up, I'm going to be talking about another Red Sox prospect who was acquired in a trade for a notable player that was with the Red Sox. And it hurt a lot of fans feelings when he got moved. So I'm going to be discussing that coming up. Don't forget to check out Locked on Celtics, Locked on Bruins, and Locked on Patriots for all your favorite Boston sports content. Football season is pretty much here. The Patriots preseason games are right around the corner. So Locked on Patriots has you covered with everything um, New England talk as the season begins. And then obviously in hockey and basketball there's never a dull moment in those sports so check out locked on bruins and locked on celtics as well and help support the boston sports community if you're a college fan check out locked on bc as well um we offer a lot of different shows and that's what's truly great about being part of locked on is we have so many different shows and we really cover all of your favorite teams so check out the other boston sports shows as we get closer and closer to those seasons. And also don't forget, you can get Locked on Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform for free Monday through Friday. And follow me on Twitter at GabbyHurlbut10 to continue the conversation about everything Boston Red Sox. I truly, truly enjoy interacting with everybody and hearing different thoughts and different opinions. It's a lot of fun to me to do that. So definitely, um, you know, inc- include me in conversation, tag me. And we will interact about everything going on with the Red Sox. So the Red Sox made a move that hurt Red Sox fans a little bit. I think when he left, Andrew Benintendi obviously was great during the Red Sox World Series run in 2018. Defensively was super good, brought a good bat. Um, And, you know, they, he was part of that dream team of outfielders of Benintendi, JBJ and Mookie. Um, And, it was hard to see him go um, for sure, but they had acquired a player to be named later, which now in this case is Grant Gambrill. Um, so he was acquired in June 2021. It was all part of the three-team trade that sent Benintendi to the Royals. I wanted to bring up Gambrel because he was recently named Eastern League Pitcher of the Week. So this past Friday, he made his 12th start of season for AA Portland. Um, gave up three hits in a walk to go with eight strikeouts over seven scoreless innings. And he faced no more than four batters in any of those seven innings that he was pitching. So that's very, very impressive. He kept his composure out there, was able to take care of business quickly, stranded three runners in scoring position and retired nine of the last 11 batters. Um, overall, He has a 312 ERA with 72 strikeouts compared to 23 walks across 69 and a third innings pitched. I don't want to bore you with the stats, um, but I wanted to point out how strong those numbers are. He's really, really developing at the AA level. And I think this is so important to note because Red Sox fans were worried about how the team was going to make out in the Andrew Benintendi trade um, when it happened. And... This kid has been very, very good and is on an upward trajectory. If he can continue to move through the system the way that he is and perform the way that he is, he could be a key part of the Red Sox rotation down the road. Um, What's cool about him is he has high rankings in a lot of different categories among 46 Eastern League pitchers. Who have accrued sixty or more innings to this point in the season, which he's part of. So forty-six pitchers fall into that category. He's nineteenth in strikeouts per nine innings, which is averaging nine and thir- nine point three five. He's eighth in walks with 2.99, 17th in strikeout rate with 25.3%, and 10th in walk rate with 8.1%. So his strikeout to walk ratio is a significant difference. He's striking out a lot more hitters than he's walking, which is a huge, huge promising sign for him. Um, And so... When you look at the Red intended trade, obviously at face value it looked like they weren't getting as much as return in return as they gave up. And it's quick to make that judgment when you have um, you know, prospects coming back and you don't know how they're gonna pan out. But that's why it really takes patience with prospects and sometimes they don't pan out, and that's definitely super unfortunate. But sometimes they do, and if they do, then that's fantastic for the Red Sox and works out really well. And it was really hard with the Mookie trade because people were saying, you know, Connor Wong isn't playing well. Like, what did what did we really get out of this? Because they had DFA Jeter Downs, who's no longer with the organization, and with Verdugo struggling lately. But Connor Wong really has started to show that development and improvement from, you know, what Bloom saw from him when they acquired him. So the prospects, it really takes time. But Gambro being named pitcher of the week is absolutely huge for him and his, um, you know, goal of moving up eventually. Um, And it all goes back to these trades. These trades aren't always going to make sense at first. And you might look at the initial trade and say, oh, wow, like the Red Sox got snubbed or um, the Red Sox definitely won this trade. But you really, really can't know for sure who won the trade until things pan out. Because a prospect could really, really surprise you in a good way or in a bad way. You really never know who's going to pan out and who's not. So it's just a matter of letting things play out, letting the people in the front office do their job. Um, And, you know, we can have thoughts on, oh, we shouldn't have moved that player and i know that i might have thoughts like that especially like i just said if perdugo gets moved i don't think he should get moved because longer term i think it would benefit the red sox more if he stays but you know the red sox front office will do what they need to do and if that means moving him then he gets moved but when it comes to these prospects it's impossible to know how they're going to pan out like and how they're going to continue to progress because unexpected things happen like injuries um, you know, they their value could go up, their productivity could go up, they could be getting more playing time or less playing time. So it's all circumstantial, but Grant Gambrel is showing a lot of promise, um, pitching very, very well in A. So I'd be curious to se- see if he ends up moving up to AAA, um, you know, at some point, maybe next season, he gets the opportunity to be in A, And if he's able to eventually continue to work his way up and be a stud the red sox in the pitching rotation that could be really really huge and then we'd be looking back on the situation and saying wow like we got this special talent for andrew benintendi and like i said you know still time will tell we still have to kind of see like hey is he you know better off as a minor league pitcher or can he pan out in the bigs if he does eventually come up so time will tell with that but that's definitely some exciting red sox news that happened and a player to look out for in the red sox organization that could eventually come up because of how notable of a player the red sox let go for him so i'm excited to see how he continues to progress hopefully he'll be able to get his chance eventually at the major league level and um you know things will be well in in red sox land when it comes to bringing another pitcher into the fold that is a true talent because you can never have enough of that never enough pitching So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how the rest of today plays out. It's going to be a wild, wild day. You know, hope you survive. I know I will. I know I'll be constantly refreshing Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passon's tweets to see up-to-date, you know, moves that are being made all throughout the day. happens every year at the trade deadline. I am very, very excited. I will catch you at the finish line to break down everything that happens. Let's hope the Red Sox make a move or two. And I will catch you on the flip side. Go socks!